I was going to come with a question about, you know, who's the player that made your career and made all your tackles? Probably was going to end up being well, you. I think because you couldn't tackle, <laughs> you made my career because you got sacked. So fair enough, you know. Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Sevens World Series all-time try scorer Dan Norton, Seattle Seawolves star Matthew Drew Turner, and Rugby United New York interim GM Steve Lewis. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, the Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan, joined by my bourgeois friend on the Upper West Side, Mr. Stephen Lewis, and two special guests, former teammates with England Sevens, Mr. Daniel Norton and Mr. Matthew Drew Turner. Before we say hello to you guys, I have to go to Steve. Steve, these are some pretty good guests. Yeah, top-notch guests. I mean, the, the man in the middle, obviously a legend. The South African bloke on the bottom, I'm not quite sure who he is. Where did he, where did he drag him up from? I, I thought he was English. Well, listen, you know. speak. listen to him speak. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, this is, this is a special treat. You two, uh, we've, we've known each other a while on the circuit, as they say. And Daniel, you were, for the folks at home, you were the, the headline guest today. And Turner was supposed to be the mystery guest. <laughs> And he had one job to do, just log in with the required inf the information supplied by our staff here. And instead, he logged in as him. His name was seen, and thus the mystery guest is gone. But it's all good. It's all good because you know, he's not a shrinking violet, as you know, Dan. So we'll get some good questions out of him. So uh, first off, Daniel, uh, welcome to the show. And congratulations on the London Irish deal. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so signed yesterday or Tuesday with London Irish um, for a short-term deal, um, adjusting back into the world of 15s, kind of polar opposites to sevens, but um, amazing opportunity playing an English premiership in England. Um, and yeah, I hope to get some game time over the next few months and just see what I can do. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the London Irish are getting somebody that's had a core contract with England Sevens since like the 2011 season, 2011-2012, but you've been with England Sevens since 2009. That's when Matt Turner was 42. Uh, you're the all-time leading try scorer and a silver medalist in the Olympics. Is that accurate? That is true. Congratulations. Well done. Good research. Okay, thanks. That's why I get the big bucks. And also... <laughs> Uh, this leap to 15s, it's, you're no stranger to 15s. You ran with Bristol, you had a cup of coffee with Gloucester, and you also went to Chris Wiles, Lord Chris Wiles' alma mater, Hartbury College, correct? This is true. Um, yeah, so I was, I was in Gloucester Academy initially when I was 19, 20 in the academy, on loan to a team in Birmingham, and then after two years there, went to Bristol. That's where I met Fat Turner, and we were housemates for a year, and they deserved me for um, bigger and better things. Matthew, do you recall this man when you were at Bristol, and did you think that he was going to blossom into the all-time try-scoring leader on the World Series 7 circuit? Be nice. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If you spend enough time doing the same thing over and over again, you get pretty good at it. 
So you go insane. I, I think if I played for you know my whole life, I, there might be a chance I might be on that scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Turner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, obviously, as Dan said, we, we live together down in Bristol. Um, you know, I'm the reason why he's married to lovely Samantha now. I kept them together. I'm a bit of a, bit of a good counsellor. Um, but from a, <laughs> from, a, from a rugby point of view, you know, he, it'll, before I even played sevens, he scored that great try in London, and that was kind of the, the, the kickstarter. Um, and a lot of people actually thought there was actually something special in Dan's rugby ability. You know, I'm still looking for it. Um, you know, let's go down 10 years down the line, silver medalist, top try scorer in the world. You know, the facts don't lie. Now, D Daniel, yeah. it's not all rosy because uh, of recent events. England Sevens basically announcing that we're not 100% sure what they're announcing. Is it the end of England Sevens? Will England Sevens be partaking in the Olympics? What happened? The answer to that is no. <laughs> it's Team GB. Oh, don't, don't circle don't, gets the square, Steve Lewis. Don't rile the Scotsman early on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, as Steve's alluded to, yeah. So I think moving forward, there's not a definitive answer to what that may look like for us. Um, but as you mentioned, back in 2010-11, we went um, four-time program. So kind of 12 to 12, 10 to 12 guys were training four-time um, employed by the RFU just through sevens. Um, fast forward 10 more years to where we are now. Um, due to the pandemic, the lack of money, um, the RFU are committing uh, announcing losses. They didn't see sevens as a viable option for the short term. Um, and they were trying to obviously cut, cut and trying to save some money somewhere. So the sevens program has um, stopped for the short term. But Again, with there being no sevens on the horizon for the next couple of months, um, yeah, they're looking at options around what sevens may look like moving forward post-Christmas. The pandemic has caused some grief across the globe, but one could argue not much more than – one could argue that you have incurred a lot of that. I mean, you're missing out on the World, your World Series 7 circuit cut short. The Olympics pushed back at least – until next year, we, we all don't know what's going to happen. And now England 7 saying, hey, we're up. Have you played your last match in an England 7's jersey? Um, I think it's hard to say at the moment. You know, who knows? I don't, who knows what the landscape of 7's will look like when it comes back into play? Um, again, no one knows when that's going to be. They haven't announced any tournaments yet or what the season may look like moving forwards, um, new season. So, yeah, for me, it's now about worrying about kind of tomorrow and the job I will do in training and trying to get myself in a position to adjust and be you know, the best version of myself in 15s, um, have a good crack at that. Um, and then after the season finishes, you know, see where I'm at and see what the landscape of sevens even looks like. You know, it's... It's going to be a hard one, obviously, with the fans, and obviously they're a big part of Sevens financially and actually as a actual festival kind of event as well. So not having them there has obviously massive ramifications for the sport. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think World Rugby and all the um, locations need to obviously find a viable option and what that may even look like. But, again, nobody really knows moving forwards. Matt, did he answer the question? No, you kind of beat around the bush. I think that's his media training. Gave you a whole bunch of nothingness. Um, I'm just happy you didn't say you know. You know, that's what he used you to know. say a lot, you know. And you know, no. 
He's getting, uh, he's, he's I, getting I, better. I think from my position, um, yeah, it's, it was a hard pill to swallow with the seven being, being cut. Um, obviously, like I said, we're thus given 10 years to the service um, and then not getting our contract re- renewed is one thing, but then ending the whole program is pretty gutting and devastating. So for me, it's, it's left kind of a bitter taste for sevens. Um, and that's kind of why I'm assessing what may happen in 15s. And, you know, I haven't played a game of 15s in how many years. So now I'm just trying to adjust to get into that and then just seeing where I'm at, to be honest, and then take it from there. What are you hearing in terms of Team GB Olympics? So England have shut down temporarily at least. Have you heard anything from Scotland or Wales or what the plans are for, for that? Yeah, no, nothing as such. So the whole, the, the kind of past kind of two or three months has been a lot of chatter around trying to... Um, you know, get UK sport on board and try and create those kind of the three nations to kind of collaborate on sevens. Um, as of yet, there still hasn't been a there hasn't been a, a definitive answer from the backing of the financial point of view. Um, but there's, I think, the, from the three programs, they would both definitely benefit from having that as a full time program, um, especially with obviously being an Olympic sport, having that kind of unity in those three or four years together, rather than. 10, 12 weeks of training into a massive tournament. So, yeah, there, there is a massive opportunity to, to get something involved, but at the moment there hasn't been a definitive answer around if that's actually going to happen yet. Yeah, it's one of the, the saving graces of the USA Sevens program is that they are partially or predominantly funded by the US Olympic Committee. So that hasn't gone away for those guys. In fact, I think they're back in camp this week, uh, even though USA Rugby is having its own problems. Um, so, so just the transition from playing sevens at top level, as you have done, two fifteens. Uh, what are you worried about? What's your what's your biggest concern? Which part of the game, perhaps technically, are you? Um, I think it's just it, it's just about falling in love, falling in love again with kind of just being in those high pressure, big team kind of environments. Back in sevens, you know, there was. A smaller squad, you know, you kind of got on with everybody. Um, the dynamics completely different compared to what I'm used to now. Um, again, I'm, you know, eight, ten years older than when I was playing initially. So now it's just about trying to harbour the stuff I've learned from sevens, the experiences I've, I've had, good, bad, on-field, off-field, and try and put myself in the best position to actually, you know, enjoy and, you know, just do what I, what I know I can do. Um, and, yeah, at the same time, it's also having good conversations with the guys around me about how to utilise me as well. Because, you know, obviously, I'm, I enjoy scoring a try and stuff and trying to do as well as I can for the team. But at the same time, if I'm not utilised as well, then I'm just a generic 15s player where I want to try and be as much as myself in sevens, but in a 15s format. So how, how about body-wise? Do you have to make a big adjustment? Because you're bigger than you look uh, when, you, when you meet you. I can say that from personal experience. And you put on some muscle in, the, in recent years, but you haven't really lost a step. So are you making an adjustment in terms of your physique? Yeah, I think the 15s game in England is also always about big is better. So I think there is a, an onus on myself to try and, um, try and increase my body weight and try and get a bit bigger and a bit heavier. Um, again, you're, we're doing potentially different work rather than doing really long minute reps and stuff and long stuff. We're doing short bursts. There's time to recover, um, and there's obviously opportunities running less to actually put more mass on. So, you know, moving forward, that's kind of my aim to try and adjust to try and get into those kind of those, that physical element of the game and try and keep myself on par. But at the same time, not forgetting my identity. So, slightly adjusting, getting into a position where I can, you know, be good with the ball and without the ball. 
We've got a guy on this panel today that has made the transition from sevens to fifteens and won two championships in a professional league. Matthew, any advice for your 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 uh, compadre? Um, no, as as Dean said, um, there's a uh, you're not running as much. You know, your your whole sort of what you're putting in is more focused on on you know size. Um, and I just, I just purely think, you know, with, you know, I can say for Dean's body, he's going to put the weight on pretty easy. You just take your mileage down. It's going to be good muscle as well. It's not really the physical side that's the hardest part about adjusting to 15s. It's, it's, it's adjusting to all the working parts on the field. How you need something, you know, for real basics. You need your forwards to be performing before us backs even get a shot at it. Otherwise, you know, you're on the back foot the whole time and no one wants to play on the back foot in 15s. And especially in the Prem with these guys, you know, there's, you know, most of the time it's a bad weather. So if you're in the back foot, you, you, you're constantly going back. Um, but from a physical point of view, you know, Dean's been a professional for a long time and I know they've got a real good, a good uh, S&C team at Irish. One of our boys is actually there, Ross Neal. Um, and he's teaching Dean how to play 15s again. So, you know, he's in good hands. I've had, I've had the pleasure of him for the last three weeks. He's already doing my head in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, hold that thought for just one second. We have to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back with Steve Lewis, Matt Turner, and Dan Norton after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. back matt mccarthy in midtown manhattan steve lewis on the upper west side dan norton in england and matt turner in seattle so changing gears a bit you're in a professional camp now and it's 15s it's not sevens it's a much bigger camp i would imagine than a fifth than a sevens camp and we're seeing all these different experiments here in professional sports across the globe in trying to to you know, keep the pandemic from going viral throughout a team or an organization or organization for you guys. Uh, but NBA, MLB, NFL, there's no bubble, right, for you guys over there? Um, so they, as much as possible, they're still trying to um, keep the distance. So, like, within gym stuff and within, like, maneuvering around the club, there's also like a one-way system. But then at the same time, by the time you get into training, it kind of all falls down because you're in close contact. Um, but we're getting tested once or twice a week anyway to try and mitigate against people having testing positive and spreading it. So there are procedures in place to stop the spread of it. But yeah, there are, as much as possible, you try and practice the, the two meters or I don't know what that is in um, Imperial or Metro. Couple, 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 yeah, couple of feet, couple of yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so is that, is that, is that yeah. you being American? Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you can kind of practice it, we do, but at the same time, it kind of all falls down because you're then doing contact. <laughs> so yeah. It's just and you're all going home. Yeah. It's all this best practice, isn't it really? You're just trying to minimize the, the contact time and contacts you have with another person while at the same time trying to keep a distance. Um, yeah. And, 
but at the same time trying to compete as well. So yeah, pretty we're, much we're, just, you pretty much just described your whole career, minimal contact time. Mate, that's why, that's why I, haven't got, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> oh, snap. That's not true. As somebody that's been a witness to some of the car crashes on the, on the pitch, Stephen, you know these guys are, uh, are kidding around when they say there's no, there is contact. You have, to, you have to be willing to engage in contact <laughs> yeah. in sevens on the World Series. Yeah, so, so the, you know, four or five years ago, you'd say one of the big problems transitioning would be the breakdown, right? But in sevens, breakdowns are pretty, um, pretty physical these days anyway. What I think is interesting is with 15s, we used to have a lot of bodies being thrown at a ruck. With these new rules coming in, the actual breakdown is getting more like a sevens breakdown. It's got to be sort of technically tighter, body positioning, reference on top of it. So I, I don't think that part will be as much of a transition. Uh, for me, it's under that high ball. Are you looking yeah. forward to that? Because you're going to be getting a bit of that, no doubt, first couple of games. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's, uh, it's something that I'm obviously aware of. It's, again, there's not one bit um, I'm not kind of thinking about every area is the same, the same aspect you look in um, seven. So be it high balls and kickoffs, you know, returning, um, sorry, receiving or, you know, kicking, whatever. Um, it's literally the same in, in 15s. I'm still doing those small sided skills to try and increase my, my knowledge, my technical ability and all that as well, because all that all impacts into the one team. So if I know that if I'm not on point in my high balls, if I haven't got my clear outs, then we're losing the ball. So yeah, it's no difference to sevens. The 15, the the challenge is the same. It's just a completely different adjust to how that kind of maneuvers and how that affects everybody else around us. Maybe Matt, you can you can shed some light because you've been doing this, and it continues to shock me as an observer how you continue to surprise people in the 15s games with your speed. And he's a speed yeah. burner. <laughs> you know, it's a it's it's fueled by fear. The speed, you know, the the. You know, depending on how much fear and how big the guys are running at me is how fast you run, you know? It's fight or flight, and most of the time it's flight for me. Um, no, I, I, do, I do think there's a, you know, coming from sevens, that's one of the biggest attributes that, you know, that, that, that I gained from going from 15s to sevens, working on speed and, you know, having this competitive side with guys like Dan, um, Marcus, all those sort of boys where we're always about speed, you know, meters, meters per minute, all that sort of stuff. Um, we were just waiting for the, the stat sheet to be put up on the wall so you can just make fun of each other. Um, you know, normally I was getting made fun of, but that's where you get the name Fat Turner from. <laughs> you know, as long as they're happy, it's just adding value to the team, you know. It's reverse psychology there. <laughs> but no, in the 15s point of view, um, it, it's not like seven. You don't get as many opportunities. So when you get that opportunity, um, you really have to take advantage of it. Um, one thing with our league over here is defenses don't shut down as quick um, as, I, as I can imagine in the Prem these days. Um, they're structured, but they, you know, they're not as structured. Um, so there's a little bit more time on the ball here. Um, and, you know, from year after year, it's got, it's got less and less. It's either got less and less or I've got slower and fatter. Um, but uh, it's a it's one of the attributes where from seven you're so used to finding space and exploiting it um, whether you're using it for yourself or you're using it to manipulate another defender to create space for someone else um, you know that's one of our transferable skills uh, from the sevens to fifteens game have you been doing film study Dan or are you at that point yet yeah so um, through the team they've got an app so every time there's a training session that gets coded 
perp on the app so when you get home you can review your mistakes um, and you can go through all the technical stuff you need to again it helps with learning um, and then obviously through the team you can sit down with guys and go through footage as well so that's a great tool um, and yeah again the team obviously with there being no crowds now all the games are live on tv so you can kind of catch the game whenever and wherever and you can watch them back so there's a lot of rugby on a lot of code to get through um but yeah the opportunity to watch rugby and learn here is massive so yeah it's a it's an enjoyable tool you you can break it down to watch the individual um your opposition number the issue with it is you know you, you're more looking at attack structures defense structures um yeah. you know to to go down and say i'm gonna completely watch my opposite guy to see try and pick up traits from him it, it's it's not really valid if you're working in defensive system you know, you've got your space, you mark your space. Um, that's all you really need to know. I mean, you look at, the only thing you would look at is, is he good under the high ball? Um, what's his positioning like? Um, and, you know, from, from, this has come from my point of view, we look at sort of the back three, um, where they're 15 standing, where they're, where they're disconnectors. Um, it doesn't matter how good your 15 and your wings are, there's always a disconnect in one place. Um, and we try and identify that in field zones to to open play, you know, what their, their trades are to join the line early or late. Uh, what a yeah. load of horse shit that is. That, that's, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not too dissimilar to what we're doing. So, again, the coaches and players will watch what um, the back three guys are doing, their positioning and what the centers like to do and try and get a feel of what themes there are. And then you try and create a attacking or defensive plan around that to help, you know, utilize your strengths. Dan, this Team GB thing I know is disappointing. You made the Olympics. Um, there is a one-off exemption, however, and there is a team who are still in the repechage, and this might be their repechage. And you might be in some way eligible. There's a place okay. for you, buddy. Thank you, man. Anytime you want. I'll send you over my bill. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We can't afford you. <laughs> I'm wearing this shirt, by the way, not just because Dan Lyle and Donald Walsh were going to kick my ass if I didn't, but it was because I was wondering if it was going to be the last time I saw you. Daniel in an England jersey playing in America. If you had, a, if you're a gambling man, what's your answer? Yes. Um, yeah. Are you going yes, you Turner? Oh, wow. I would like to think it's not. I've got some unfinished business there. Um, but yeah, again, a lot, I think a lot is going to be out of my control, to be honest. All right, and Stephen, which MLR team is he going to be with after he has his cup of coffee with the London Irish? Tell you in October. So that's going to be Rugby United New York going head to get head against Turner. Turner, before I let you go, what, what kind of an offseason would it be for Seattle if there weren't rumors of, of strife or drama going on? Is what, what's going on up there, Matt? Um, <laughs> I don't know why people love to try and spread this stuff about the bit of chaos going on. It's for rating. It's sweeps week. It's ratings. You know, it's, it is what it is. You know, there's a, there's a global pandemic going on. There's... MLR dates are getting pushed back. I think everyone's sort of in this uncertain um, phase. You know, from a team point of view, we're completely fine. There's, there's no issues there. But, you know, Chinese whispers start with something, end with something else. You know, every team's got their issues at the moment. Um, we're building. We're building. You know, we're building towards... Dan, he's, he's, he's doing what you did before. He is not answering the question. That sounds a lot like somebody who's struggling, to be honest. We're, uh, <laughs> We're building. We were hoping for a December 1st start. Obviously, the league's been pushed back now to start the 4th of Jan. We're going through the recruitment phase at the moment. 
I think it's just getting around these new rules of the league. It's figuring out what the league looks like next year. It's hard to build a team when you can't give the players an example of what the season's going to look like. Well, I know I know a guy on this call that's been building a team pretty damn good in New York as the unofficial uh, general manager of the Rugby United New York squad, Mr. Stephen Lewis. So I, I don't, I'm not buying that, pal. Proof of the putting the work in, but you know, we you don't win two rings, eh, without a bit of strife, right? Ooh, there you go, right back at him, right? Uh, Matt Turner. Okay, here's our repressage contest. Sean Connery, take one, Matt Turner. Repressage. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. Damn Wolf. out of there. Huh? Dan, go ahead. Repressage. <laughs> That's third place for me. Where, where's the schwage? It's. I said schwage. It's repressage. It's repressage. Oh, no, it's Ripper Schweiz. All right, let, let the Scottish guy go. Go ahead. Yeah, All right, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an issue between Matt Turner and Dan Norton that we need to settle once and for all. Who was faster when you were both playing for England Sevens? Matter or faster? I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to say a thing. Huh? <laughs> and on that note, Matt McCarthy for Mr. Stephen Lewis on the Upper West Side, Mr. Matthew Drew Turner in Seattle, and Mr. Daniel John Norton calling it for London. Stay safe, everybody, and tune in next time on Rugby Wrap-Up.